You're listening to She Thrives Radio. This is episode 83, and today we're talking about something that I feel like is weird that we took so long to talk about here on the show because of the name of my business and, and, and things. So we're talking about survival mode versus thriving. What is the difference between surviving and thriving? What does survival mode look like? How does it present? Where is it showing up in your life? Are you living out of survival mode? Are you not? What does thriving feel like? Where does that coming from? So all of the ins and outs we're going to get into today seem just like apropos for She Thrives Radio to talk about what the fuck thriving actually is. So we're going to get into it. And I can't wait to dig into all of this with you. So let's go ahead and get right on in. She Thrives Radio is the podcast component to the She Thrives blog, a space dedicated for women who are on a mission to feel good, crush their goals, and live big. I'm your host, Taylor Gage, health and mindset coach, CrossFit and USA weightlifting coach, blogger, and portrait photographer. She Thrives is your BS-free resource for all things wellness, mindset, confidence, body image, personal development, and general badassery. My goal here is to help you get out of your own way so that you can thrive. So the reason I'm so excited to dig into this with you today is mostly because this is some of my favorite shit to talk about. This is my favorite shit to learn about. This is my favorite shit to teach. And it is, in essence, what She Thrives Academy is all about. STA is really designed to take you from this survival mode, which so many of us are living in, we're going to talk all about in a second, um, out of that and into into a place where it actually feels like we are living um, above that, right? So we're going to talk about it, but before we get into it, I have to let you know that if you are listening to this episode when it drops, which is September 2019, doors are open to STA right now. So enrollment only happens a handful of times a year. This is the last class of 2019. And I'm really excited for the timing of this class because they're wrapping up like right before December. They'll be done. We we kick off October 1st. Um, And then we're going to be wrapping up right before um, December. So right before all, you know, the holiday madness hits. And they're going to be basically starting off a brand new year, a brand new decade, 2020, with a totally new perspective on themselves and their lives. And so this is going to be a really amazing class, really cool timing, and I can't wait to kick it off. So if you are interested, my dear, in learning about this, please don't wait because I can't I don't even know by the time I'm recording this and when it's on air if there's actually going to be spots left. They are filling up super fast. Come fill out a little application, book a call with me. We'll have a little chit chat. We'll go over all the details and maybe get you enrolled if it feels like a good fit. So, yeah, it's happening right now. And if you're listening to this episode when it is not originally airing, then chances are good that we have moved back to the wait list. So you can always just put your name on there and you'll be the first to know when doors open again. So just have to share that announcement, big news, happening now, come through, join the class of fall 2019, start a new decade off thriving. Okay. So a couple disclaimers before we dive into this conversation today. Number one, by absolutely no means is this a comprehensive examination of any of these topics, okay? Uh, 
A comprehensive examination of these topics is She Thrives Academy, right? It's a 10-week long like undertaking. It's not like a 20-minute soundbite like podcasting. So I'm going to do my best to touch on the important things, um, but understand that this is not comprehensive. We're not going down every single avenue that's involved here because that's impossible to do in a 30-minute show. And please understand that this is basically all the topics and concepts that I'm going to be talking about here are basically just a... a an amalgamation of various disciplines, right? So this is like my experience, my lived experience, my professional experience, um, working with clients and students in STA, uh, also just combining, you know, kind of picking out things from biology and genetics and psychology and just like anecdotal, you know, whoosie whatsies. So, <laughs> whoosie whatsies. <laughs> you want thingamabobs? I got 20. But who cares? No bit. Okay. Anyway, we're moving on. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> what are we talking about? Okay. Yes, survival mode. What is it? Well, great question. I think that this is almost misleading in some senses because I think part of us is like, hello, it's obvious. Like, I know what it is, I know what it looks like. But this is why we're having the conversation because it's not always that cut and dry. So yes, parts of survival mode are absolutely obvious. So we'll touch on that because I feel like we need to have a moment of fucking appreciation for our actual survival instinct on a physical level, right? Like, I don't know if you guys have seen the show Our Planet on Netflix. If you haven't watched that yet, like, just go do it. It's like, um, it's the creators of um, Planet Earth. I don't know if you guys remember that show, uh, but it's like that times a thousand. It's amazing. Watching what nature has done for us, like all the evolutionary tactics that we have been handed, I mean, it is it, it blows my mind. If you pause for a second to think about just in this moment that you're listening to my voice, not even anything fancy or beyond this, but in this moment, what your body is doing for you right now to keep your ass alive, breathing, hearing my voice, whew, it makes me, yeah, I get a little like verklempt. It's really powerful shit. All that your body has done for you through your life, through every sickness you've had, every bone you've ever broken, right? Every fucking stupid, you know, thing you've put it through, which I know I have a laundry list of, <laughs> of various things I've put my body through um, through the years, right? Every single way that your body has healed or recovered for you, it is literally how it is designed to operate, okay? Survival mode is just woven into our DNA, right? Your will to survive is fucking insane. So yeah, we definitely have it on the physical plane. Like I just talked about all of those amazing, mind-blowing things that our body's always doing for us to help us live. But your mind also has some survival tactics that it keeps in its back pocket to help us live. And that is really what we're going to be talking about today, because this is where things get a little bit complicated, because they're not always very easy to spot. So... Again, this is not going to be a comprehensive examination of this, guys, but I'm going to do my best to try to keep this as compact and as straightforward as possible. So we do this in a ton of ways, but one of my favorite examples to use 
of what it looks like to be living from a like a place of survival is being in a reactive state. Okay, so there's a difference to me between choosing a response to a circumstance or a stimulus and reacting to it, right? One of them is like measured and intentional and one of them is just absolute cause and effect, right? The circumstance is there, the stimulus presents itself and before you even feel like you have had the chance to (laughs) respond, you've already reacted. So I'll give you a couple examples of this. Again, there's a million ways that we do this team, but one of them is um, like judging somebody walking down the street in an outfit, okay? That like maybe you wouldn't wear, you wouldn't choose, you don't like, you see it and you say that to yourself, right? You're like, I don't I wouldn't wear that. I wouldn't, what is she thinking? Whatever, okay? That's an example. Before you've even had the opportunity to process that stimulus, you have an opinion, you have a reaction inside your own head, okay? Another way we do this, this one is a little bit more complicated for a lot of reasons, but you know, eating foods because you're feeling X, Y, Z, right? If you've ever had the experience where like all of a sudden you just like wake up and you're like, what? I just ate that whole thing. I don't even like remember doing it. I don't remember choosing it. I don't remember like what (laughs) happened. That can also be from this place. Again, for reasons that we're not fully getting into, the food thing is a little bit more complicated because it definitely intertwines with your physical, uh, whatever. Okay, but that's an example. Okay, another way we do this is just like being in a reactive state in relationships, like saying words to people, like our loved ones, right? Before we even feel like we chose them, we have already reacted. Do you guys, do you resonate with that? Some of you, maybe, yes, no. There are a lot of ways that we do this team. I'm just kind of pulling a few out of the hat here. Um, And the other sneaky part is everything that I just explained there are kind of like their actions, right? We can also live in a reactive place by not doing something, right? So it's sort of like the like the negative the negative space there. It's sort of like a a reactive withdrawal or retreat from something that we don't like or makes us uncomfortable or makes us scared. So we do this, guys, in so many ways, but I just want you to think of maybe an example that rings the truest for you right now of a place where you find yourself constantly doing things, whether it's saying, thinking, eating, behaving, whatever it is, where you feel like you didn't actually make that choice for yourself. It just happened. Or maybe it continues to keep happening. And you're like, what is going on? Chances are good that what's going on is your survival mode is kicking in. In other words, the primitive part of your brain, the oldest part of your brain is in your control room, okay? So let's talk about this. The primitive part of your brain, the oldest part of your brain, right, does about one thing, maybe two, okay? They're all connected, but it does one thing. Your primal brain is there to keep your ass alive, okay? That includes staying far away from danger or things that could be dangerous, right, or otherwise uncomfortable, involve risk or fear, and actively seeking comfort, which equals safety, right? So your primitive brain has one job, right? 
It's survival, <laughs> your survival. Now, some of you might be thinking, okay, but like, I get that, that makes total sense. I understand that, but like, why does, what is having, like, what is judging that person's outfit or eating those donuts or lashing out to my partner have anything to do with my survival? Like, how are those things related? And this is where things get interesting and complicated and also really fun. <laughs> um, those behaviors or whatever you have in your mind as the place where you're constantly reacting versus responding is likely coming from your particular learned patterns of survival. So let's do a little bit of a deep dive into that. So not only are our bodies just mind-blowingly awesome in the truest sense of the word, um, in all they're doing for us and keeping our, us alive. But guys, our minds, I just, I can't get over how incredible our minds are, our brains are. So when we are babies, when we're born, what is the one thing that we need to survive? I'm sure you have heard infancy being referred to as sort of like the fourth trimester, right? Uh, in particular with humans, because we come out fucking helpless, guys. <laughs> Unlike a lot of other um, creatures in the animal kingdom who come out and can kind of like, you know, they might have like a, a minute where they're getting, you know, their sea legs, but for the most part, they can like, they can handle themselves. Um, humans can't. Right? So the one thing that we need to survive when we are born is care, right? It's love. Love equals survival for us, right? We need to be cared for. We need literally somebody to do everything for us when we're born, okay? So in some senses, we are completely dependent on that, right? Like we're dependent on love. We're dependent on care. We're dependent on our caretakers. So as we grow up, as we develop, as our brain starts to develop and we start kind of, you know, getting our sea legs, so to speak, we begin to notice what gets us more love or attention or care. And we also begin to notice what gets us distanced or shunned or separated from that source of love or care or attention. Now, this is a rabbit hole that, like I said before, I am not going to go all the way down here, but this is just like, there's so much good data in here for you to either do this work on your own, do it with um, a coach or a counselor. Again, this is in effect part of what we explore in STA. I can take you through this if you'd like. But this is an absolute <laughs> universe of data into how, who, you, why you are the way you are. So there's a ton of ways to explore this, but a question you may want to consider is asking yourself, who did I have to be in order to receive care and attention and praise and love? in the environment that I grew up in. And even better, who wasn't I allowed to be to my caregivers? 
So when you really explore all of, <laughs> I'm sure, the flood of shit that just uh, presented itself to you, when you really allow yourself to explore that really openly and objectively as possible, what you're going to begin to see is where a lot of your patterns stem from. So this is going to include some of the examples that I, you know, gave you earlier in the show. Like, yes, in the really like acute sense, like, okay, that judgment. Okay, like retreating from that scary thing. Uh, Okay, like lashing out in this kind of, uh, you know, environment or whatever it is. It's going to present itself in those like acute moments like that. But also, and I think the bigger picture that we can't forget to explore here is that those acute little circumstances are stemming from much bigger, massive, repeating life patterns. More often than not. Not always, right? Hard to talk about any of this in in absolutes, but more often than not, that's where this is coming from. So the place that this gets tricky is that you internalize this stuff in your own brain, okay? So when you connect two dots, when you're growing up in a particular environment, you say, okay, when I behave like this, when I show up like this, when I ask for that, when I whatever, I get distanced or pushed away or less able you know, to receive love or care from the people whom I rely on <laughs> to deliver that to me. What you do is your primal brain, that survival instinct internalizes that and makes that your belief about who you have to be, right? Because it equates that trait or tendency or habit or whatever to danger, right? To risk, to death. And just as a side note, um, this is part of the reason why I personally don't believe that there's anything wrong with you wanting to, for example, lose weight, okay? You know, we talked a lot about this in the diet culture episode, and I kind of wanted to circle back to it and just touch on it through this lens. It is because more often than not, that desire is literally just coming from a place that your body, your brain, everything you know about your life and reality is telling you that you need this to be safe or appreciated or seen, right? Now, I have problems with the culture at large that is putting these like these messages in our minds and we're just like continuing to propagate them out onto our children and our family and our, you know, whatever, our environments. Um, but at the like individual level, I have to me that's I can't place blame on anybody for wanting to seek that because more often than not, that is the place that it's coming from, right? That is your own survival instinct kicking in and it's honestly doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. We make choices for ourselves based in what we believe to be true about ourselves or the world, period, okay? And these beliefs come from what I just explained, right? The environments that we grew up in, these really formidable times in our lives where we're getting shaped and molded and understanding what will bring us things that we need to survive, like comfort, safety, love, significance, and what will keep us away from that, right? And so we create meaning around this and then we internalize it and this is where we act from, right? So just going to put that weight loss thing aside. Just wanted to touch on that because to me, this is really where it stems from. But kind of getting back to the broader concept here. 
If you remember, one of the things that I talked about that our primal brain does for us is not only wants to keep us alive and safe, but it will also actively pursue comfortable things and avoid at all costs things that are uncomfortable or could otherwise mean risk, you know, or danger. Okay. So what happens is we develop these, these, these traits, we develop these patterns, we develop these beliefs. And then even if on some level, you know, in our adult life, we can recognize them, what happens is they are so entrenched now, they are so comfortable to us that even if in some level we're aware of it, we will continue to behave that way because it's familiar and comfortable, okay? That is still your primal brain, that is still your survival instinct kicking in because you are opting to stick with shit that is more, you know, more often than not, clipping your wings, it's putting a ceiling on top of you, it's keeping you small and stuck. You can recognize that it's not serving you, but because it is repeated, it's comfortable, it's familiar, we will still choose that because the other part of it is unknown and scary and risk has risk and discomfort involved and your primal brain is like, no, I'm good, I'm gonna stay here. This is the insidious nature of this like mechanism we on some level will still choose patterns and traits and beliefs and life choices at large that hurt us that we can see are not in our own best interest but we stay entrenched in them because of how familiar they are to us okay so whether you have an awareness about these things or not or you've got some but not all of it What's going on here is we're all out in the world making choices on, you know, on a really small level and on big, big levels that are coming from a place of our own protective instincts and our own survival. Our primal brain is literally in our control room making all the decisions for us. And this is why so many people feel like their lives are not actually theirs. It feels like you are not living in a place of power in your own life. It can feel like you don't have control. It can feel really, really upsetting and frustrating for a lot of people in a lot of different ways. If you get to the end of your day and you're like, I don't even remember making any of these choices for myself. The day just happened. (laughs) You get to the end of your week, right? And you're like, what? Right, same thing. I don't remember actively choosing any of this. The week just happened and I sort of followed along, right? Or worst case scenario, right? We get to the end of our life and we're looking back and we're like, I don't feel like I was in the driver's seat at any part of this. I was just getting dragged along for the ride, but it wasn't me in control. This is likely part of what can be happening here. You never stepped into your own control room in your mind. We have been in survival mode the whole day long or the whole week long or whatever, right? So the thing with survival mode, guys, is it's not bad. It's actually fucking amazing, right? It's so smart. It served us. It did exactly what it needed to do in the time that we needed it. It served us. But I want you to understand that survival mode is just that. It is a place to go when you need it, when it's what needs to happen, and it'll kick in, it'll do exactly what it's supposed to do. But it is not supposed to be the way that you live your life. So let's talk about the alternative to survival mode. What is that? You can, there's a lot of different words for this. There's a lot of different ways that people talk about this. Um, 
But for the sake of staying on brand, let's talk about calling it thriving, okay? This is stepping out of that space of being just like, like in the passenger seat in your own body, in your own mind, in your own life, stepping into the control room and making, this is, this is the biggest difference to me. This is what thriving actually looks like on the really high level. When you, you, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> when you are making intentional responses to situations or circumstance or stimulus, stimuli <laughs> that are in service of your highest self versus reacting from a place of dodging discomfort or seeking self-preservation or otherwise based in fear. It's making decisions from a place of love and compassion for yourself, not fear. Okay. So to get to this place, guys, for most of us, this requires a ton of unlearning, of excavating, of going down that rabbit hole of figuring out who you were told you need to be and who you were told you couldn't be in all of the various ways that that's manifesting because I can guarantee it's showing up in a lot of places. It requires you seeing and honoring those parts of yourself that you have distanced from yourself from that place of survival and self-preservation, right? Remember when I was talking about how we internalize these things and we make this like our own, like we distance ourselves from parts of ourself because that's what we learned that we had to do. Thriving, this work, in my opinion, requires you opening the door back up to that part of yourself. Seeing it and honoring it and holding space for it. It involves offering compassion and understanding and love to where those patterns even developed in the first place, right? It's not wrong. You're not broken, okay? It was your brain, your body, your mind, everything doing exactly what it's supposed to do in that time, right? And it's also understanding that there's a very good possibility that in some aspects or little areas of your life, you will probably also slide into survival mode thinking again, because that's how we're programmed, right? So it's really getting a really good understanding of when and why and how these patterns will arise, what they are trying to do for you and how you can, with that awareness and understanding and knowledge, override what needs to be overridden in order to actually serve you in your in your highest sense. So I know a lot of what I'm saying right now seems just kind of like weird and nebulous and these shapeless kind of concepts, but I want us to understand that what we truly need in any given moment, like what would really serve us best in our highest, most long-term sense is not something that our primal brain can decide for us. That part of our brain doesn't have access to that. That's your prefrontal cortex. Your prefrontal cortex is a part of your brain that can look forward, that can make measured response, that can really like weigh options and think into the future and all of these complex things, right? And your survival mode, like that primitive part of your brain, doesn't, can't do that, right? So it's only making instantaneous decisions that serve self-preservation, comfort, avoiding discomfort, avoiding scary things and risk, 
and otherwise staying within patterns that are familiar. So this is really like, I have seven seven steps to my method that creates massive change for people in their life from food to, you know, how they view themselves and beyond through STA. But I sort of have these seven steps um, spread out across three pillars. They all kind of fall under three main pillars. And the first pillar is awareness. Okay, so we have to be able to see all of these things we've been talking about. How are these things manifesting? How are they presenting themselves when it comes to survival mode and self-preservation and staying put in order to stay safe and comfortable? What does that look like, right? We need to get a lot of awareness around that because we need to create as much distance as possible to not only see it in action now, but to be able to spot it coming down the pipe, right? To develop a real familiarity with our own patterns where it's coming from. So awareness is absolutely one of the most basic and yet complex uh, things we can ever offer ourselves in terms of this work. The other pillar is alignment, okay? So now, once we have done a fair amount of unlearning and excavating and cleaning out all of the clutter that has like acted as fuel to a lot of these patterns, and we can, just the dust has settled a little bit in our mind and we have a little bit more clarity, this is where we get to offer ourselves an alternative, right? What do we actually want? (laughs) Who do we actually want to be? What does that look like? From the simple choices in our day, like, you know, what we're eating for lunch and how we're talking to our partner and our boss, um, to a much larger scale, right? Who do we want to be? So the second pillar is alignment. It's aligning with that. It's aligning with you. Not all this conditioned nonsense going through your brain. It's you. Once we get to the bottom, we can see you again. What do you fucking want? And how can we align our choices to that? And the third pillar is acceptance. And this is what I was just touching on before. It is offering understanding to these patterns. It is inviting in these places of you that you have pushed away from yourself and giving them space again, understanding that there's nothing wrong with those things, right? And when you can do these three things, when you can do this work for yourself, what I find is... I like to think of this as basically you beginning to step in as your own caretaker to yourself in your own mind and heart, okay? Because when you're living from survival mode, you are just trying to get by. You are constantly in search of what you feel like you need in order to be whole, right? You can see it out there in the world all around you. Maybe you recognize some pieces of this within yourself right now. But if you are constantly in search of validation, of celebration, of perfection, of adoration, if you are constantly out there searching for all of these pieces out there, to me, that means that a part of you is still operating from survival mode. Your primal brain is out there being like, okay, well, we need this and we need this and we need this. And yeah, that may have been true at one point in your life, but what I want you to understand is right now, right now, you don't need any of that. And do you know why? Because you are whole. Now, you don't need validation here. You don't need celebration there. You don't need people to okay you and whatever it is that's going on that you feel like you might have needed at one point in your life. You don't need that anymore. It's available to you from yourself but you have to figure out how to access that and that is going to require you stepping above and out of the survival 
primal brain reactive mode and stepping into the higher version of yourself that is available to you now. It is learning how to be your own caretaker. I'm going to offer you a quote. This is one of my favorite quotes. You may have heard this before, but this sums up the difference between surviving and thriving to me in like just a perfect, perfect sentence. This is by Viktor Frankl. And he says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And to me, that just, that summed it up. There's your soundbite, guys. That's the difference. When you are stepping in, in your mind, in your life, to make an intentional response about how you want to be, who you want to be, coming from a place that's yours and not a bunch of shit from other people, from the environment that you grew up in or some relationship you had or some other bullshit that you're still carrying around. When you can access what you want and you know how to make measured choices from a place of love that serve that, that is when you are thriving. When you find yourself in a constant state of making compulsive quote unquote choices, you feel like you're reacting. You feel like you'd never really chose what you wanted. It just kind of happened, whether that's through your day or through your week or through your life at large. That is a sign that you're still living in a place of survival. And my dear, if there's fucking anything I want for you, it's to know what it feels like to step out of that and into what it feels like to thrive. That's what I want for you more than anything. If this resonated with you, if you would like me to be your personal coach through this work, I invite you to come apply for STA because like I said, that is what we do. We use food as the catalyst. Oh, but we go in. We go in. We literally shift your internal landscape and completely change the place from which you are making decisions. We change the lens that you are viewing your reality and yourself and your life through. And we put you in a place of power in your own life. So you no longer feel like you're getting dragged around by all of these decisions and opinions and all this bullshit. You are now in your own control room in your mind and you are making choices for yourself that serve you. And holy shit, does that feel good? You don't have to take my word for it. Go click the link for She Thrives Academy. I'll put it in the show notes. You can watch. There's like dozens of videos and testimonials in there about students who have been through this process and done this work and see what they have to say about what it's like to step out of survival mode. It's pretty fucking powerful. So you're invited. Come join me. Come join us. Um, And as always, if you enjoyed this show, if you could um, leave a review on iTunes, guys, that just goes so far. I can't thank you enough. That's like the best thing you can do if you like this and just want to pay it forward a little bit. Leaving a review is huge screenshotting, sharing on the gram. I always just like to see the episodes that you're responding to. So let me know if you enjoyed this. Okay. Thank you so much for listening until next time.
Thank you for listening to another episode of She Thrives Radio. And if you like what you heard today, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And then head on over to SheThrivesBlog.com where you can sign up for my weekly emails where I send out my favorite tips, tricks, advice, and support every single Monday morning to help you kick your week off right. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Mm -hmm.